leave that in. <laughs> Welcome to Tea and Sympathy, where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching British television shows. I am your host, Melissa. And I am the other host, Sarah. <laughs> um, so we are all over social media. We're literally everywhere. What are you doing? <laughs> Follow us. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're at T and Sympathy Pod. That's the letter T A N D Sympathy Pod. We have a website. It's T and Sympathy We should probably like do things on the website, but we have a website. The majority of our stuff is on Twitter and Facebook, and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash T and Sympathy Pod. And we also have an email address. You guessed it. It's tandsympathypod <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, we are on both Apple Podcasts and Google Play. For those of you who are Android users, hi, Mom. The majority of our users are Apple users. Yes, they are. I wouldn't say Mom. the vast majority, but a majority. Uh, the majority. A majority. Um, I do know, courtesy of my mom, that there is a Podbean app. We're on that as well. Uh, if cool. for some reason you don't have the Google Play. I, I don't know how Android works. You're very confusing. It's, <laughs> I'm, not an an, I'm not an Apple like evangelist, but like I'm also lazy. So, right. Um, right. What so are we what drinking? Are, yeah, what are you drinking this morning? I'm drinking... My huge, my um, berries. I think I went with the um, berries gold, berries yeah. gold with with uh, a well sugared tea with some milk. I'm drinking berries classic with milk. Oh, lovely! And yeah. and I think we might touch on this a little later, but because I am impatient, can't help myself. Have you? I think the last time we talked, you were gonna. St- try your store your import store was getting some some different teas yes so and the, the biscuits i arrived that i ordered um i i think that probably some of our listeners know because i know who they are and i think oh. i told you that um i i sleep by things I yeah i do and, that too and it's not really that I'm asleep. I'm not like sleepwalking. I just am very tired and I'm browsing. Yeah. And sometimes I accidentally just click that. No, nope. I do that on Ambien. And then, um, yeah. and then I don't remember it until I get the email that says your order has shipped. So I did that with a great deal of um, British cookies. <laughs> so. I I'm I cannot wait. So the only thing you can really do is order them in multi-packs. Yeah. So you'll be getting some biscuits and you'll be getting some lion's tea. Thank you, my dear. I'm so looking forward to this. Um, And I need to go, I need to go back there anyway um, because I needed to get candy for Christmas. Cadbury. Yeah. Cadbury roses. We're going to, we're going to touch on this later, but um. I feel like, so uh, if you're listening and you don't know me personally, which like, uh, okay, (laughs) 
all it's only my friends and my mom listening to this show. <laughs> but <laughs> and Sarah's friends. Yeah. But uh I I am Jewish, so um I don't really have a Christmas celebration per se. So and I feel like I have missed out not on American Christmases, but on British Christmases. I I am very saddened by the fact that there's like very specific food-based traditions in the UK when it comes to Christmas time. Well, I would also like to tell you about a tradition that I only just learned of um, that is celebrated in Ireland and I gather um, parts of the United Kingdom, one assumes Scotland and England and Wales perhaps, but uh probably not Wales. Nobody likes Wales. It's called um it's called, it's called Little Christmas or Women's <gasps> Christmas. And Women's Christmas? Yes, it's on January sixth. And there's um a religious basis, like a calendar naturally yeah. basis for the whole thing. But um what it has evolved to in some parts of the world is uh, women's Christmas is celebrated so that women who have been, you know, waiting on everyone hand and foot throughout the holiday season, oh. um, they get a chance to go and visit with their friends and I have, love a, have a cup of tea or go to the pub oh. if they like or have something to eat. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure that the revolutionaries, our founding fathers, I'm sure that they had a reason. I'm sure it was very good, but why? I mean, taxes, were they really all that bad? <laughs> were the tea taxes like terrible? Oh, we're cheated oh. out of women's Christmas. We're cheated out of Boxing, Boxing Day, Day. Stephen's Day. And, Gosh. Yeah. I mean, granted, my, my, my ancestors and my family were from Eastern Europe, so we weren't settlers anyways and we probably you know there there are no i don't think there's a ton of holidays in the shtetls but you never know <laughs> not mine baby i don't know why they came over here in 16 whatever <laughs> i mean i'm telling you we just have really gotten short shrift when it comes to holidays well we're attempting to take take it back by <laughs> Discussing these wonderful <laughs> television shows, and yeah. this week we chose to watch Mary Berry's Country House Secrets, specifically the Scone. Uh, uh, yeah, episode. we're going to talk about that because it is for our listeners who I hope are watching along with us. But if not, it is is a Scone Palace. Mm, S C O N E. So now I have a question because yeah. you know I'm going to ask this question. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when Mary Berry talks about the the biscuit, the baked good, she says scone. Does scone. She? And then in the in the episode, the of course Scottish man that she's walking around with says, "Oh my stars!" A whole note section for him. <laughs> Uh, so are we correct as um, grubby Americans in saying scone? I think we're not. Oh, okay. I think it's Schoon Palace. Schoon. See, we, oh, I volunteer to call Richard Madden oh, and ask him okay. how to pronounce it. 
Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's so I will I will gift that. That is your Christmas gift. Thank Happy you. Christmas to use the uh, UK terminology. Happy Christmas. Well, to um, fill people in, if you're not uh, if not au fait with Mary Berry and her country house secrets, um, <laughs> she discovers the rich history of Britain's greatest stately homes through the prism of food, as you would expect from Mary Berry. And um, there's only four episodes, one series, I believe, yeah. um, on BBC One, and it came out around 2017. Yeah. Um, I was doing a little googling, as is my way, and as is your want. a very mean lady in The Guardian uh, said that school nativity plays contain more natural dialogue than this ill-judged look around the real Downton Abbey. That was the Highclere Castle episode. I take great exception to that not only because i am a mary berry apologist and i adore her and she can do no wrong um i feel like this critic did not watch past the first one because i at least for this episode and actually i know because i've watched all of them but like specifically for this episode since we're talking about it i do not feel like it is unnatural dialogue or stilted in any way like as she's driving up she literally says referring to the uh entrance how grand is that and i was like oh my god she's the british ina garten (laughs) she is she is and just it's also i think she's uh i i don't know i think her style is not um overly casual yeah it's not like expecting mary berry to be paul hollywood we'll just frame it in the great british bake-off context she's 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 a grand lady she's i don't i'm you know she's not gonna it's not her nature but you know she gets in there with her like fishing gear and her little hats and i love her and her trilby oh And that's why I have a note of that. So do we want to, I mean, I want to get to the, I want to get to like our info, but I have a note about that. I have a note that says she's like game for everything. She's just. Yeah. In spite of being 132 years old and she really, (laughs) and adorable. She is adorable. Well, to dump a little uh, history in your ears, I guess. Yes, um, please. Give it to me. Scone Palace has been um, around as it was an abbey and a priory, and I um, didn't get too deep into the exact dates of everything, but it's been a place since uh, about the 12th century, so it's quite uh, quite historical. It's old. It's, old. Uh, it's considered one of the finest examples of late Georgian Gothic style in the United Kingdom. Um, quite a quite a tourist draw, and this the stone of scone 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 <laughs> oh see now that makes sense if you say it with a slightly scottish accent you could yeah. see how it would go from scone to scone yeah exactly okay um it's intertwined um quite heavily with the history of the uh, monarchs mm-hmm. of england and scotland and the united kingdom because um the stone is known as the stone of destiny is used in the coronation of monarchs and has been for, I don't know, like a thousand years. And it has a really interesting 
history because um, it actually got it was it was kept at Westminster Abbey um, under the the seat of the throne where monarchs are crowned and um, <laughs> so four kids essentially college students actually stole it they just went in yeah. to Westminster Abbey imagine such a thing today and uh, on Christmas Day in 1950 and they mm. they stole it to return it to Scotland which they felt was its rightful place and. Um, the, you know my favorite part of that story, though, is that they closed the border between Scotland and Britain for the like first time in in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the joke was on them because they'd already gotten it out and it was broken. So yeah, um, some crazy stuff happened. But they they got it back. The students essentially gave it back, and I don't believe got in too much trouble. And you can watch this epic unfold in the 2008 movie Stone of Destiny. Have you oh, seen? It? I I have not. I did not know. I would recommend it as a Sunday afternoon. Had you um, seen it prior to this episode? So yeah. Oh wow. Okay. You are you are much better at this than I am. Um, I watched it some years ago. It, on, it may still be on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something, but if you haven't seen it, it stars Brenda Fricker, Kate Mara, I love her. Pippin from Lord of the Rings, and the guy <laughs> from The Full Monty. <laughs> um, Tim, what's his name? Um, no, his name isn't Tim. Carlisle. Tim. Yeah, I don't remember. Robert Carlisle? Yes, him. I get him confused with Tim Roth constantly. So... Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good story, um, regardless of anything else. But uh, anyway, the stone now has been returned to Scotland. In the 90s, it was returned to Scotland when it's not being used in coronations, which, of course, don't happen all the time. And uh, anyway, there's it's kept with the crown jewels of Scotland. It's a very important piece of history. And there's a replica at Scone Palace, which, of course, Mary Berry goes hiking up to see. She gets crowned. it's delightful queen of pastry she's queen of pastry so the format of the show too we should say is there's yes please some history um some recipes and of course there's the sort of history or lore associated with the food and then at the end of the the episode it's all she takes part in like a a party essentially always a a party a big dinner where they consume these foods and in this episode it's is it Cronacan? Cronacan. Cronacan. Venice and Wellington, as you would expect. Big game area. And yes. uh, Kakaliki soup. And she was real into the soup. I know. And it sounds really good. Um, and I just realized, as I'm realizing, as, as she's talking about it, I'm like, what a strange name. And then I realized, no, it's chicken and leek soup, hence Kakaliki soup. Yeah. I didn't know that until Mary Berry told me, so. I didn't realize it. Um, I do love that she says, that's a bit of all right when she tastes it. It makes me very <laughs> happy. That she, and she just, I like that she, uh, cockaliki soup is really just Jewish penicillin. She makes, <laughs> the, the way Mary Berry makes chicken soup is the way all Jewish people Jewish mothers, what have you. Like, we always make it with, you put in a whole chicken. Oh. Yeah. I see. I've never made it that way. Um, I, we're just going to jump right in. I forgot about the hot 
uh, Earl's son. That's my first note. Oh, is that the guy that takes her up to the hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he, is he wearing a kilt? He is in the final. Uh, oh, okay. The, at the end, he wears uh, he wears he wears all manner of just very uh, attractive country home owning <laughs> lordly clothing. He wears a very nice uh, suit at the beginning. Then when they are uh, deer stalking, which uh, they do not kill a deer it's out of season so thankfully uh he wears a very attractive like tweed or tartan i think it's a no it's a tweed a very attractive tweed uh it's it's for a girl like me who that is extremely my my jam uh yeah i'm real into william the eighth earl of manchester melissa there's a shop in dublin where you can go and um it's like everything tweed. You can have a tweed suit made, a tweed coat. I don't think I want one per se, but I am extremely into men. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you walked around, jumping around the Highlands in a tweed deerstalking outfit, maybe maybe some, I'd maybe I'd fetch me an earl. Some Highland earl would tumble into your arms. I mean, it's possible. That's a bit of all right. That's a bit of all right. I do love uh, the comment. Like, the, it's just, it's so, I just find it really quaint and adorable. And, like, she's just, the commentary from the Earl, the hot man's father, who mm-hmm. is actually a tiny little man, is just hilarious when he's essentially making fun of Mary from the banks of the river. Hey. <laughs> um, and he constantly sort of seems to spill whatever food Mary is making on herself. And I just really, just really enjoy that. Uh, she's a really good sport about everything. And she is. I think the reason that quote jumped out at me where that, that woman was so, she's so mean to Mary Berry. And I, like I understand her. that her job as a television critic is to be picayune and what have you. But I really think that this, this type of show and you've said this in many forums about Great British Bake Off, is that this kind of show serves a real purpose. Um, yeah. As a, you know, you want to watch something, but you don't want to um, be assaulted by <laughs> the slings and arrows of modern life, perhaps. Yes. Or, um, I'm all down for a good mystery or what have you, but I don't always want to watch a, a murder show. So um, if I'm just going to walk through a, lovely palace with Mary Berry and have lighthearted chit chat about, you know, history and food, then. Yes. It's like, I don't get me wrong. I love a good, uh, TV show book, what have you, that makes you think I'm not opposed to that. I mean, I think we actually watched, you know, bodyguard and that was kind of slightly intense. So like this, this serves a part, like, yes, like you said, it serves a purpose. There's a re- you, I don't need everything to be high art. Sometimes I just want a lavishly produced. Oh, yes. Fantasy hour. Of a world that I will never <laughs> live in. And sometimes I just want to pretend. And, you know, not everything has to be a, 
a PBS documentary in terms of the the history and um, dialogue and whatever fancy Guardian critic. Yeah. Um, I I certainly don't enjoy when things are dumbed down beyond where they really need to be. But um, I I don't know. It just it's just nice to kind of walk through that world for a little while, and I don't really need it to be historically or well, academically precise. And I don't think I think this woman, the critic. I'm assuming she's a woman because she said she's a woman. I didn't read it, but um, I'm assuming that this, I mean, if you're looking for British history shows, there are, there's plenty of them um, to talk about, you know, the wives, Henry VIII, or, you know, there's plenty of them. This is a show. This is Mary Berry. It's, it's food. It's, that she happens to talk about the history and for that we are lucky but like it's to me this show reminds me of like a less culturally prescient version of Anthony Bourdain oh I see that's a um that's an interesting comparison yeah she goes she you know kind of Briefly, you know, she talks about the history of where she is, and then she prepares things or talks about things or eats things or cooks things or fishes for things. Like she, <laughs> sometimes enough isn't, sometimes it's enough. Um, it's a little bit more ladylike version of Lords and Ladles. Have you watched Lords and Ladles? I have watched Lords and Ladles. I always say that Lords and Ladles is a good show to nap through and not that it's. Oh, yes. No, indeed. It is. Not that it's um, sleep inducing necessarily, but it's just you can jump into it at any I'm time. in and out. Yep. Same thing with this one. I enjoy it. Like and watching Mary, you know, watching an edited version of Mary cook soup is soothing. <laughs> well, and it's many things, right? It is like a cultural thing. It's a um, a history show, a tourism show. It's cooking. Um, so it's, it's many things at once. And so it's not going to be any of those things, any great depth. It's totally fine. Plus Mary, you know, get turned out in the Scottish Highlands drinking some whiskey and Mary, if you've watched enough GBB, uh, GBBO episodes, you know, Mary likes her boots. She does. She does like, she loves <laughs> her boots and Mary gets, I think a little bit turned out in the Scottish Highlands. It was always funny on Bake Off because <clears throat> when somebody was struggling a little bit, they'd be like, well, I'm just going to make it like super full of I'm liquor. I'm just going to make it boozy for Mary. And I was like, is this a national, like, do, does everybody know that Mary Berry likes to drink? And, and, she, would, like, oh. and she would say, that's a bit of all right. I desperately wanted Wellington. I remember this is now my second watch of the show. And I had the same feeling when I watched it the first time, which is, I desperately want to rush out to the store, buy some frozen puff pastry, get and and like make beef Wellington at home. I don't know what on earth I would possibly do with it, but beef well, Wellington is delightful, and I feel like it's kind of underrated as a. I think because it's sort of um, an old fashioned at this point i think it's I, i've been seeing it a lot on um food tv shows yeah. because i think because it's seasonal you know and um for holiday and cold weather but it's been cropping up a lot more and yeah i have been thinking of it yeah. and how it's one of those things i think i would like to make and then probably i just should buy <laughs> i 
But you know what, though? Every single time I watch someone make it, whether it's Mary Berry or someone, it, it's, it, it doesn't seem all that complicated to me. You, I mean, you buy the especially puff pastry. Especially if you're not making the puff pastry. Yeah. Like, so you buy the puff pastry, you sear your loin of whatever it is, <laughs> you make that mushroom, I mean, the mushroom duck cell, which I'm sure that's the complicated part. And then you roll it up and you bake it. How hard could it be? And then you just eat it and eat and it. Then, and, eat it. and then if you were me, you would eat the whole thing like a mission-style burrito. <laughs> oh, there's your food truck idea. It's Wellingtons, but you eat it like a burrito. <laughs> there are many Wellingtons, but eaten like burritos. Um, I'm not kidding you. I think there was a food truck in Chicago when I lived there that did, or maybe a store that did mini beef Wellingtons to like go. That sounds oh, cute. no, you know what it was? It was, um, there was a short lived, but delicious, um, storefront that did meatloafs. Oh, varying styles of mini meatloafs and they were delicious. And I think they did a Wellington occasionally. Meatloaf gets a bad rap. I like meatloaf. I look, I love meatloaf. I don't like the tradition, like I'm not into the ground chuck ketchup meatloaf, but <laughs> they had like a turkey. This place had a turkey meatloaf that had like a mashed potato. It was essentially like a Thanksgiving kind of thing. It was Thanksgiving in a in a loaf. I, it, meatloaf gets a bad rap. Meatloaf is just meatballs, people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it is. Um, so the, the, the other three episodes of this show is the... Does she go to the one um, that the lady of the house is? Yes. Rayanne. She does. Raph from my Oh, God. That story is... Like if you are not okay, I know every I know it's real. I know everyone is on, you know, real real Meghan Markle right now as deservedly so. <laughs> as we should be. But if you're interested, there was like an OG Meghan Markle and it was AJ Langer. AJ Langer because Countess of Devon. AJ Langer met a man in a Vegas club, married him, and became a lady, <laughs> a British peerage lady. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, Meghan Markle, I love you. I do. I unapologetically love Meghan Markle, but AJ did it first. Yep, the Countess of Devon. And oh, that's right, because they eat... Um, Devonshire. Devonshire cream. Cream, yeah. Oh, man. AJ Langer did it right. I love, I think I remember reading that story in People like a million years ago. Right after they first did it. And I was like, oh, this is possible. (laughs) Granted, you have to be like an actress, but you know. It's funny to listen to her tell that story too because she's like, yeah, I saw this guy and he was like real cute. And I was like, whatever. And then. She like super low key finds out he's an earl. Yeah. So just goes to show you, you should date every British man you find. You never know. 
I think you can go visit their house now. I think you can too. Also, what I do appreciate about this house and I or the the episode the show is that it it is very much like an advertisement and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way in that all four of the houses that she visits are now all public attractions essentially. So you can go and you can um, she has the one that's near the race course. And so you can go there and like you can visit all of these homes. Um, and I'm sure that that was a conscious decision by the producers to go to homes that are open to the public. And I mean, I actually just, there is also a trend in these houses that um, when it kind of ties into sort of aspects of Downton Abbey, which is, these people are not the people who own it and the families who own it currently who knows about how they were in the 17th century, what have you, but they're doing a real service. I feel so they're, you know, they have those 27,000 acres, but they're like (laughs) keeping the deer populations in check and keeping the herd healthy. And then they have all of the trees and they're like doing a real conscientious effort to, um, make sure that the river isn't overfished, and that come that topic comes up of this like conservation efforts mm-hmm. for these families. There was another one where they have a farm. I forget which episode it is, but they have, you know, like the the, you know, the on-site butchery and like animal husbandry is is very like a focused concern of these families, and so um, I appreciate the efforts of these families who are doing things to ensure the longevity of their environment. When you consider how many of those estates are just totally gone now because yeah. of a bygone way of life. And I can't imagine, I mean, I, I know what it takes to maintain like an average person's house. Ooh, so I yeah. can't imagine what it requires to maintain a, a historical property that's governed, I'm sure, by um, a trust with a great deal mm-hmm. of um, regulations as far as what you can do. And um, it's a huge house. And oh, by the way, it's also 400 years old. And so um, it's it's nice to see for me. I don't know how people um, feel about it in the UK. I right. assume that it's um, like any historical preservation That's efforts fun. anywhere. But it's nice to see that they're being used in different ways. I mean, even if it's a hotel or a wedding venue or what have you. And I just like that these, the families that they highlight in the four episodes that they really do say we are the caretakers here. Like, yes, we own it, but it's our jobs to keep these houses or these properties. I mean, that's what Lord Grantham was always saying on Downton Abbey, but he was also almost always losing his ass, so. Yeah, he was also (laughs) betting his wife's fortune on the stock market constantly, so Lord Grantham, get it together. (laughs) Just a brief interjection about that. Do you remember the episode when they're arguing about how to, like, make the estate viable as time goes by, and he's like... There's a clever fellow in the U.S. who says you can make money overnight. What's his it's name? Ponzi. <laughs> yes, I loved that. When you rewatch that series enough, it becomes clear that he's like rather adult when it comes 
too. Yeah. He's practical he, medicine. <laughs> well, people just kept giving him huge fortunes. So <laughs> like just people keep bailing him out. And you know and, what? He had to get um a lady and an Irish guy to come and help him through. So Yep. So, you know, actually now that I think about it, that's a great parable for modern times. <laughs> Well, we talked a bit earlier about biscuits. Yes. Um, and I was going to talk about the food of the holidays. Oh, let's. British let's. holiday food. Ooh. And what I think of is, uh, well, I think of roast goose, first of all. Um, I also think of Yorkshire pudding. I do, too. And I I, really I've, nev- I I've never else. made them. Have you ever made them? I have not made them. I have made um, popovers. And mm. to me, they're kind of essentially the same thing. I mean, popovers you make in, um, it's a batter like that, and you mm. have to throw the pan in the oven. Um, you have to, like, you put, the, you put the pan in the cold oven, then you heat the oven, up to temp and then it's hot and then you put fat in. I can't remember if you put the fat in while it's heating, but either way it's, it's hot fat. Yeah. You must put the fat in while it's heating. And then when it comes up to temp, then you put the batter in. So like Yorkshire puddings are very similar to popovers. Uh, so I, I really would like to make them and it seems like, you know, you make them in a, a muffin tin, the traditional way. And um, I, it, seems silly to make them for the two people who live in this house and yet I would not want to make a large batch when like you know Christmas dinner was on the line so yeah I happened to see uh, America's Test Kitchen the other day and they made a roasting pan sized Yorkshire pudding and then they just cut it in slices Ooh, I and don't it seemed about that yeah it seemed less much less stressful but I also was like does that count? Is that real? Is that too no. American of a shortcut? So Yeah, it is. UK um, listeners, and I know you're out there. I feel like there are popover pans that are not, that are like, there's just, the popover pans are either just six or eight. Hmm. So it's not 12, like a muffin tin. Sure. I mean, I guess you wouldn't have to use like all 12 holes. <laughs> Plus, kudos to you if you can only eat one or two Yorkshire puddings. Mm. I mean, because I, on the occasions that I've had them in the UK, like I, I have been a greedy American and been like, man, some more, please. Like <laughs> while I'm as I'm shoving one in my mouth, I'm asking for another. Well, I'm looking at this list of twenty recipes for a traditional British Christmas dinner, and. Um, I know how you feel about smoked salmon. Oh, I love it. Give it. I would love you even have it. it here with brown bread, which is really my jam. It's extremely your jam. Um, I'm a very, I'm a little bit keen. So I, I admittedly, I like this list, but I, this is very much um, a recipe put together by an American saying <laughs> British things because first of all on Christmas you're not having roast beef you have roast beef on a Sunday dinner for Christmas you're not having a roast like you're not having a Sunday roast would you have a turkey I don't know what what does one have on Christmas 
Well, um, I feel like it's, you would have goose. Yeah. Uh, I had, you would have goose and ham. I've had goose at Christmas and ham, which is not the spiral slice ham that I think Americans would think. No, it's a ham. A ham ham. Um, or a turkey, a Christmas turkey. We've done that before. I just, I definitely have never heard of roast beef on Christmas. You're thinking more of a, a Sunday roaster. I am thinking yeah. of a Sunday roast. I'm questioning oh, everything on this what one. Did, I am too. <laughs> I am questioning it a little bit. Like prawn cocktail does not seem to me like also succulent pigs in a blanket. I got to be honest, that doesn't, I've never heard of that being served in the UK ever. I would have think. Oh, I think pigs in a blanket are a big thing. And we always, are they? yeah, we always have them. Um, and also we have, we have lamb at the holidays as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I do, I was recently, obviously I'm constantly watching Great British Bake Off and I, really desperately want to learn how to make like a Swiss roll or a U-log or a just a a rolled up cake of some sort. I make pumpkin roll. I tried to make a a bouche de Noel one time and it was a terrible disaster, but I've I've learned a lot more about baking since then. Why is a U-log different or more complex than just like a Swiss roll? Uh, I don't think that it is. I think it depends on, I mean, you can just take a a sponge recipe and bake it in a sheet pan and make a filling and roll it up. And that's, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as a pumpkin roll or a Swiss roll or um, a jelly roll, anything like that. So I think it's just, it's, it's more the, the cut, you know, you cut the Yule log to make it look log-like and then ah. um, you add the decorations and such that makes it, yeah makes it more log-like i see um i will say i do i did like obviously the the, they last well not last now that i look at it um the make ahead christmas pudding yeah i made christmas cake last week so it's all um gets a little spritz of whiskey Whiskey. every other other day until christmas and then i love a good fruitcake i do i think you had talked about this on twitter um about people hating on fruitcake yeah people um well because it you know people are familiar with the mass-produced one that never goes bad and it has the weird like green and red cherries and like a lot of citron in it and that that can be um you know gross um i make the alton brown free-range fruitcake recipe and it's People always are skeptical and people always change their minds. I love a fruitcake. If you are unsure of fruitcakes, please watch it. There is inevitably one episode of Great British Bake Off every single season where they make a fruitcake. It will change your mind. Fruitcakes are delicious. Mincemeat pies are not meat. Yeah, why aren't mincemeat pies on here? That's also a good question. I love mincemeat pies. Um, I do like that they have our Chronicon on here and Beef Wellington. Uh, I don't know what we'll be having for Christmas dinner, but I imagine that there will be a a roasted meat of some a sort. Meat. I will. Um, I will be having um, Chinese food. Another tradition. As yes, as per tradition, you asked a question. 
Oh, I had a question about, about, um, you know, you get the big tins of candy or boxes of candy at Christmas, and it seems like there's two competing assortments, Cadbury Roses and Nestle Quality Street. And I just wondered for anybody out there, if you were on a particular, if you were team Cadbury or team Nestle, um, I'm team Cadbury. You are. Okay. Interesting. Not going to turn down a Quality Street, but. So again, because. I'm Jewish, so I've uh, we don't really. I it's been quite some time since I've gotten Christmas chocolates, mm-hmm. uh, but I thoroughly researched both options, and I believe I would be with you <laughs> as a cad team Cadbury roses. Yeah, it's hard to get them over here, um, like fresh and in time for Christmas. Yeah, and they're also marked up like ridiculously i mean yeah they're twenty dollars that seems slightly exorbitant uh well i wondered if i wanted to propose for next week did you want to talk about the newest bake-off because it's on netflix now yes i would yes please very much so thank you (laughs) yes please and thank you (laughs) um i haven't started watching it yet oh my goodness i will have probably burned through all or most of it by the time we talk about it so I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I think we should. I think, honestly, the next 10 episodes, let's just watch Creamy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a bake-off deep dive. It'll be a bake-off deep dive. I'm into it. I'm all here for that. I also wanted to say that I watch. I finally finished watching Broadchurch. I had started it. Oh, the I whole, all three series? Yeah. I started it when the first series was available on Netflix and I got through an episode and a half and just, I don't know. I had to tap out. I had to tap out. And then I was kind of casting around for something and I was like, well, I really love these actors. It's Olivia Coleman and David Tennant. And I love the actors and I love their characters. So I went Mm -hmm. back in. So I watched series one when it kind of like first came out or at least was first out on Netflix maybe, or no, I feel like I must've downloaded it. Uh, And I watched season one and it was amazing. I'm not a, I'm not a huge David Tennant stan. He's fine. I Mm -hmm. I neither here nor there on him. Uh, But I did watch the first series and liked it. And then I got all jazzed for series two and kind of got three or four episodes in and just did not, I wasn't interested in it anymore. The second series is rough. It's not, um, uh, I understand wanting to portray the aftermath of the, the type of things that yeah. happened in series one, but it, it just was a little bit, I don't know. Um, series, the third series was, better i thought can i go back to the third series if i skip two i think so because there's a new like primary crime yeah the um, characters there are still characters from the first two series but um they make sense in the context they Um, make sense in a new context it's got um jodie whittaker which i don't watch uh doctor who but i'm gonna guess we have a fair bit of doctor who listeners crossover and probably do and she is a delight so i just want to put that out there and recommend yeah. it if somebody had fallen off the broad church wagon and it's done there's not going to be any more of them so 
Maybe I'll have to pick up, I'm going to pick up uh, after I get through, um, not a British TV show, but after I get through Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, because that show is similarly a, a balm on my soul. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe I'll get back to Broadchurch since I, if I don't have to watch season two, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think okay. Good to know. Excellent. All right. So for next week, Bake yeah. Off. Yeah. Easy to find for everybody. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's current series. Uh, I believe it says it's series six. Six on Netflix. No. Yeah. Six on Netflix. Yeah. It's the second channel for eight if you are watching it in real time. Yeah. And there's um, also a holiday special. Too. There is, and it's delightful. I haven't watched that yet. It's, there's only two. It's and it's very cute. I had not been aware that the re, that the full series had come to Netflix, and then the other day, um, through an email oh, exchange yeah. with a friend, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Mind blown. It was. It was. Yep. The entire. I have now rewatched the most recent series. <laughs> I well, watched it in real time. I watched it in real time, and I have now watched it again. You'll be in a great position to talk authoritatively. I mean, yeah, I have zero problems watching it multiple times. Well, um, I will, on that note, close us out by reminding everybody that you can follow us on Twitter, capital T, and Sympathy Pod. Find us online at tandsympathypod.com. Um, that's a good place to go to just get the links to all the episodes um, and how to contact yeah. us. Uh, tandsympathypod at gmail.com if you'd like to email us a show suggestion or a comment on the show. Facebook.com slash tandsympathypod to follow us on Facebook. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or Podbean. And um, please like us or rate us um, on any of those platforms. It helps spread the word. Um, and I see you out there, Australia, Brazil, Ooh. Ireland. Please like our podcast. Please yeah. rate our podcast. Um, we have a worldwide community of T-birds. <laughs> yes, coming to you worldwide. All but mighty. Um, <laughs> Please send us your show ideas. Please send us your recipes for your oh, chocolate. Yes, please. Or anything else? Chocolate biscuit cake. Maybe I'll share my chocolate biscuit cake recipe. Oh, that would be delightful. Share your um eaten mess. Well, that's very summery. But I is there bread ever pudding. a bad time to eat a bread pudding? Trifle. 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 Yeah. Send us anything. We we like it. Send us send us your innermost thoughts, please. Yeah. Um, but until next time, this is the Tea and Sympathy Podcast. Signing off. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye.